Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Bench Press Podcast presented by Max's Meals and More, which is a great charity brought to us by Bench Press athlete and friend of the show, Max Meyer. Let's give it up for Max real quick, boys. We are the founding fathers of Bench Press Media back again. I am Krob. To my left, we have Wes Minky. How we doing? And we got producer Tim behind the scenes. What up, boys? Bennett is out of the office today. He will not be here, but he will be joining us later today in the show. He is traveling right now. We're going to keep the circumstances of his travel a secret. Mm. Because I know he didn't want to share it on uh, Wednesday's episode. Maybe we'll get him to share it today, boys. Maybe we'll see. we will. We'll see. All right. Big weekend ahead of us. Got week three of college football, week two of the NFL. Let's get right into it. Wes, I think you got uh, the Ohio State game for us this week, don't you? I do indeed. Ohio State versus Tulsa. Big game for Ohio State. Not really, but I'm going to say it is. <laughs> Ohio State favored by 24.5. Over under sits at 61. FPI predicts Ohio State 95.2% chance to win the game. Ohio State's going to roll in this game. It's not even going to be close. C.J. Stroud should have a huge game solidifying his Heisman candidacy thus far. I don't see him playing past the third quarter, though. I think Mayan Williams is going to have a huge game. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are going to have big stat lines. My key to the game will be watching to see how D.C. Kerry Coombs plays his defense and the schemes that come out of his defense after last week's shellacking from Oregon. I'm also excited to see the return of USC transfer Paolo Ye Nauteote, I made sure I said that name right, Yeah, stepping, I no in, I, I, stepping I, I, in at linebacker. <laughs> it was a weird, complicated process this summer with his transfer portal and getting denied, getting accepted, finally being actually accepted into Ohio State. He should be the difference maker in a very inexperienced front seven. My score prediction, Ohio State, 57, Tulsa, 17. How does one get accepted, denied, Reaccepted, denied, reaccepted. How does that work? Well, the NCAA has been all over the place with these with these transfer waivers and all that. So I'm not surprised that things have gotten caught up with him and that things have been sort of difficult. But it's definitely going to be a welcome sight for him on the field this week for the Buckeyes. That defense has struggled mightily. Granted, Tulsa is going to be not even a test compared to Minnesota and Oregon. This is going to be a get-right week for the Bucs after falling last weekend. Tulsa lost to UC Davis week one. This is going to be an absolute thumping. I think Buckeyes by 24 and a half is... That's my lock of the year. I say it right now. That's Ohio a big State play. The West Minkies lock, of the, lock of the year. That's I will not name a bet where I say is more of a lock than this game. But we don't gamble. We're not 21. We do not yeah. gamble. If you're 21, that'd be your lock of the year, lock obviously. I saw it at 25 the other day, so I'm very interested to see that the line went down with, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. He, I did see Paolo got, EA Nateote. Yeah, it's not even worth it. I did see the other day that, that he will be available for that game. It's going to be big for the Buckeyes, but I think they roll, obviously. Tim, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I think that the Ohio State defense, like other than Haskell Garrett, who's been standout throughout, basically has been like every offense has been paper been scissors through paper they can right. cut through them doing passing running doesn't really matter if Kerry Combs isn't calling that defense well against Tulsa how the hell is he going to call it well against a Michigan or a I Penn agree. State my, my one thing is uh the defensive backs looked a lot better last week than they did week one Minnesota torched Ohio State's DBs a lot more than Oregon was able to obviously the return of seven banks is critical in that 
However, the front sevens look terrible. One standout I've seen so far, other than Zach Harrison, who's looked like an absolute beast off the edge. Eichenberg, I believe is his name, linebacker, young linebacker. Yep. He's looked very good so far. Hopefully his development continues, but we'll see how that front seven plays out against Tulsa. Yeah, when it comes to Ohio State this year, obviously the offense, I mean, they have a carousel of good backs yeah. in the backfield. C.J. Stroud is well pro- He's been well protected for the most part, I'd say. And they obviously have that three-headed monster in the receiver room. The offense should have no problem all year. It hasn't really had a problem outside of the first half of the Minnesota game, but obviously that could be some rust that they need to kick off there. The offense won't be the problem. It's the defense. Kerry Combs needs to get under control. For the Buckeyes to win this Big Ten regular season title, the tournament game, get into the playoff, they absolutely need to get this defense under control. I think this weekend's a step in the right direction, right? I agree. I mean, it has to be considering Ohio State hasn't looked bad since you said that first quarter against Minnesota. The offense has not looked bad at all. 28 points is not a bad showing. So if anyone says Oregon was defense looked great, that did just wrong. Yeah. Ohio State's offense rolled no matter what. It's the defense that's been the issue. That will be figured out this week, I believe. Once it's figured out, hopefully Ohio State rolls the rest of the year. I do see them slipping into the playoffs because I think that they're going to win the Big Ten, which – is your free pass as Big Ten champion into the playoffs. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Ohio State will have a good year. But speaking of Big Ten champion, let's kick it over to another Power Five conference in a game that has a lot of implications on who could be the SEC champion. Tim, what do you got for us? Yeah, we got Bama-Florida, which is basically the game of the year until we get Alabama-Georgia. I think Alabama-Georgia is probably going to end up being the SEC game of the year. But this is going to be a hell of a game. Uh Florida doesn't know who the hell their quarterback is, so that's just always great going yeah, into Bama I, week. That but that always has me so confused. I mean, pick a side. When it's got to be confusing as a team when your backup quarterback leads the team in rushing, but why not? See, I think though Emory Jones is the clear one, but it's it's weird how they don't give him the clear one status. It doesn't make sense. He, he has thrown four picks in two games Fair. against Florida Atlantic and another scrub team. Fair. Yeah, I can't remember who they played. It just yeah. reminds me of 2015 when Ohio State had the JT Barrett, Cardell Jones mm-hmm. back and forth. And that, I mean, that hampered Ohio State's season. It's true because it also splits a fan base in half. No well, matter, oh, what, it really no matter what it is, half your fan base wants one guy, the other half wants the other. In Ohio State's case, I was on the side that I was begging for Cardell. I did not like JT. I didn't like the way the offense ran through JT. I wanted Cardell. He played the first half of the year, got benched, never played again. I think... It's, I mean, it doesn't let your offense get any rhythm, right? Especially if it's, like you said, it's two guys who have different sort of play styles. They affect the offense in a different way. It doesn't let the rest of your skill positions get any rhythm. No, but the one positive about Florida is they're second in the NCAA and rushing offense, sixth total offense, and that's with while averaging 5.3 yards per attempt with all their QBs, excluding three passes that went that by uh, Richardson that went for 152 yards. So other than that, they're averaging 5.3 yards per attempt, but they're the number two rushing offense, and they're still the number six total (laughs) offense in the FBS. I think the key for Alabama is is, going to be their front seven. They can shut down Florida's rushing attack, then they're going to force Emory Jones into throwing picks. And Florida struggled a little bit in the red zone, where Alabama has great red zone defense. So I'd expect roll tide, baby. My thing I've been looking at, Bryce Young, He's if he gets time, he's going to pick apart the Florida defense. I don't think he's going to have any trouble. Ohio State transfer, Jamison Williams, I expect him to have a huge game. Brian Robinson, 
running uh, Alabama running back, senior running back. He's gonna have a gigantic game. I don't even know if Florida's gonna put up a contest. To be honest with you, I had the score prediction: Bama forty-two, Florida twenty-one. I truly don't even think it's gonna be a close game at all. Florida coach Dan Mullins zero and ten all time against Nick Saban. I know you had a cool stat yeah, with uh, two and twenty-eight. Uh, yeah, Mullins two and twenty-eight against teams that finish in the AP top ten in his career. I don't see that, blows that my changing. Mind. Yeah, this week and honestly. I don't see it changing maybe for the rest of the year. The one the one thing I will say though, Bryce Young has not had a had a road start yet. This will be his first road start, but I don't think it matters because I think, I think he's just too good. He's very good, but also I mean, your first road start being in the swamp is a pretty hard fucking it's a task. To be fair, one of the hardest places to play in CJ the entire Stroud's, country. CJ Stroud's first road start was Minnesota and that that looked like a crazy environment. So I think anywhere a big team goes looks pretty big. Minnesota. Ohio State going to Minnesota. It didn't look. It didn't look like a big game, but it was. It was no, loud. But but Minnesota compared to the Swamp. I agree. Is, I agree. Is like comparing apples to oranges. And I, I don't want to be that guy. I think Bryce Young is probably better than C.J. Stroud. And like Tim said, the Swamp. I mean, we know the stories. Back when Tebow was there, Swamp was bumping. Not much has changed. It's going to be tough for Alabama. The uh, sorority girls will not be in the stands this weekend. Ooh. It's going to be real tough. Bryce Young, I don't know how he's going to get motivated. I think Alabama's going to roll on this. They're the best team in oh, the country. Oh, they're the best team in the country. Yeah. I don't even think it's a competition. I think they're going to roll. I think that Dan Mullen stat's going to go 229 because I'm here with my personal guarantee <laughs> that Alabama will be in the top 10 at the end of the season. They'll be in the top four. They will probably be number one. If they I, don't lose to Georgia. I can't. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, come on. Give me Bama 52. Uh, give me Florida 28. I like that a lot. I think I'm leaning towards Bama 48, Florida 24. Okay. We so all got we'll, them covering. So yeah, we we'll, all have Bama covering. Yeah, so we all see Bama rolling in this game. So yeah. we went Big Ten, SEC. Crop, let's go over to a game that's Big Ten and SEC. Go yeah. Ahead. Speaking of Bama, let's flip over to their uh, – in-state rival the auburn tigers are traveling up to college station this weekend number 10 penn state state college nittany lions whiteout game on saturday night 7 30 on abc the annual whiteout game that is a big big game for penn state no whiteout game last year the nittany lion fan base they are itching for one i think they're going to be out in full effect this weekend but an interesting stat to note here Penn State, since the inaugural year of the whiteout game, 8-8 eight eight all time. That's weird. 500. I thought really? so, too. You know what? Yeah, nope. when I saw that, I was very surprised. They seem to always win the whiteout game. I can't remember them losing a whiteout game off the top of my head. I With that, maybe thought, maybe think for a second deep in my thoughts. Their whiteout games always seem to come against Ohio State, though. Yeah, Typically, that's how would, that happens. Which would make sense with the 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah. Another interesting stat to note. These are two teams that are pretty hot coming into this game. The Auburn Tigers have reached the 60-point threshold in both of their games this year. Bo Nix has looked really good. He is throwing at a current 74.4% completion percentage. Very un-Bo Nix-like. He typically struggles with completion percentage. Maybe he's finally turned the corner here, and Auburn has a real chance at this. I don't know. I think Bo Nix is dog shit. I, like... Bo Nix, Bo time, baby. Bo Nix got Auburn Twitter so excited his freshman year, and after his first three games, has been absolutely horrible. He was touted as the next great Auburn quarterback. Oh, he's gonna lead him to the. He's gonna lead that. 
NFL prospect. He hasn't done jack shit at Auburn. It except feels like for he's throwing been, interceptions. It feels like he's been at Auburn for about ten years too. Yeah, and he's a junior. It's Every crazy. year, yeah, his name is the same. I vividly remember that opening game and his career versus Oregon, and um, he didn't look great then. He's never looked great since, but he has looked pretty good in these first two games. But I will say, Penn State has four interceptions through two games, and they also got their run game going last week. 240 yards, two touchdowns on the ground between the quarterback, the running back. But on the flip side, Tiger defense allowing 23 rushing yards per game. That is an incredibly low amount. It'll be interesting to see how these defenses play. I agree. I think it's going to be a defensive game for sure. I agree. Uh, It's going to be down to how well Penn State can cover some of these Auburn receivers. And honestly, Auburn's defense has obviously looked great, 23 rushing yards a game. But... Let's see what Penn State. I mean, Penn State's got Sean Clifford, and he's not great either. No. I don't think it's the quarterbacks are really going to be if no. uh, the game changer in this game. It's going to be a defensive game, and in my opinion, it's going to be who takes care of the ball better. And Bo Nix has not shown that he can do that. So I personally have Penn State twenty four sixteen in so, this game. So I I've looked at the Auburn game so far. Their defense has not been tested yet. As Crop said earlier, they put up sixty points. Uh, I think it's going to be a big game for Auburn trying to prove to themselves what they are. Uh, Auburn head coach Brian Harden, Harson, uh, has said Bo Nix this year was told to limit the mistakes. Limiting mistakes against Penn State's defense seems like a bigger task than any other defense they've faced so far has been. I think Penn State's key to the game is Jahan Dotson, their senior receiver. He needs to be active early. He needs to be a big offensive factor. I love Auburn's rushing game. I don't know how effective it's going to be carrying over into this game. Jarquez Hunter, freshman Auburn running back, and Tank Bigsby, sophomore Auburn running back, have been huge factors, both averaging over 10 yards per carry. They need to be huge factors in this game for the offense to thrive and have a chance against Penn State's defense, as Crab alluded to. It's the first whiteout at Beaver Stadium since 2019 when they won against Michigan. I expect that to be a loud environment. We'll see how Auburn looks. My prediction, Penn State 31, Auburn 14. Tim, what's your prediction? I'm going to say, honestly, I think it's going to be a really close game. I like Auburn plus five and a half. I think it's going to be Clemson, not Clemson, wow, Uh, Penn State 28 (laughs) and uh, Auburn 24. I think it's going to come down to the wire. Speaking of that spread, I do have a couple uh, interesting notes for our 21-plus listeners. Obviously, if you are not 21-plus, we will advise you. Not to take any betting spreads, notes. I mean, ideas honestly, don't on listen show. to listen to don't listen to any of us. We don't know. We don't win jack shit. Yeah, if Tim's, we were to bet. Tim's quote unquote picks of the week it's this past week. We'll get into that later, but they were not good. But a few points of notice on this game. Like Tim said, the line currently sits at Penn State minus five and a half. This episode's going to come out on Friday morning. That's a lot of time till the game on Saturday night. I'd pay attention to that line. If it swings in Penn State's favor more, I'd be really interested to see where that goes. The Auburn money line is sitting at plus 170. The total is sitting at 53 points. The Auburn Tigers, 11-2 straight up in non-conference games since 2018, but 1-5 straight up as the road underdog in that time. Nittany Lions, 17-9-1 against the spread in non-conference games under James Franklin. You said the over-unders at 53? 53 total points. I think I really like that over. I like 60 the points, under. 60 points from Auburn in their past two games, you said? Uh, yeah. 
I like. I mean, that's a lot of points. I think Penn State's going to roll it offensively at home too. That sounds like a lot of points. I like 53 the under. Sounds like a. I mean, I'm not going to touch it obviously because I'm not 21. But fair. if I was a betting man, I like the under. My official score prediction was in the under. Tim's official score prediction was in the under. Mine was too. I had it 31-14, but I still think that 53 seems like a low amount until for this big offense. Until this Penn State defense gives me a reason that I think they can't shut anybody down, I'm that's not going to bet against them. That's fair. very fair. So that about wraps it up for the NCAA this week. It's a big slate, but nothing too exciting. But I can tell you what is exciting is week two of the National Football League. Bowl. Let's yeah. fucking go. Last week, week one, what a week. What a great bunch of games. We touched on it in Wednesday's episode. We're just excited to get back into week two. First thing to note, Tim Conway's producer picks of the week. For last week's week one. Four and 14. I own up to it, okay? Four and 14. <laughs> um, now, we will say his two best bets of the week both hit. did hit. Both hit. Now, again, Tim is not 21, so he didn't officially put any of these bets down. We would like to make that known. Zero and zero lifetime when it comes to actual bets because I've never made at, one. As is everyone around this table and Bennett as well. I know he's not here. We do not place bets. We simply share what we would if we were. But four and 14 is not great. No, I, I apologize to any of our 21-plus listeners who don't live in Ohio, who live in a legal gambling state, who did take our my picks. Um, I think Fade, if, if we have another weekend like that, Fade producer Tim is going to probably be trending all over Twitter, as we always are. Tim, oh. that's a 22% win percentage. That is not great. Correct. Trust hey, me. Last year, 61% handicap. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Trust me, Tim, if this week is as bad as the first one, Hashtag fade producer Tim. I might Tim not let you. Might I might not let you tweet out those picks anymore if you keep losing. Oh no, it would be a detriment to my mental health. Embarrass the for show. Sure. This is a make or break week for producer Tim. But let's get right into it. We got a big slate of games this week. You know, let's stay on the topic of producer Tim. Let's get right into it. Tim Steelers this week against the Raiders. Both teams got wins in Week One when they were not expected to. Two dogs. One Big time game. <laughs> Now, I do believe, right, that this game is in Pittsburgh. Let me it double is. check. It is in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. For opening game in Heinz Field, let's go. Stand up, Yenzer. That's big because that Vegas stadium looks like a tough place Wave to play. Wave your terrible towels. So we're going to get right into this. Wes, stat man, of course. You know me. Give me a stat, Wes. So six of the last eight matchups have been decided by three points or fewer. Another fun stat. Ben Roethlisberger is undefeated. He's 4-0 in Week 2 when the Met Gala's official sponsor is tech-related. In 2012, it was Amazon. They beat the Jets. In 2015, it was Yahoo. They beat the 49ers. In 2016 and 17, it was Apple. In 16, they beat the Bengals. In 17, they beat the Vikings. Good news for old Big Ben. Let's 2021 go. sponsor is Instagram. Slate it down. Big Ben dub. I mean, wow, is that a niche stat if I have ever heard one. That is wild. Leave it to Wes, that man, to get that one for us. I think this game's going to be really interesting. Uh, obviously, we saw Max Crosby go up against uh, Alejandro Villanueva and cut him like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's going to be the oh, it's going to be the same thing when it's uh, uh, the Steelers left tackle Chucks going up against Max Crosby. He's just going to get absolutely destroyed, which is all right. The rest of the Steelers' offensive line looked pretty solid last week. Oh, In- definitely. Interior looked really good. Zach Banner, first start since his uh, knee injury last year, looked really good. 
I'm a big fan of Ke- the Kendrick Green pick. It looked really good. We got to get Najee Harris more involved. I, Obviously, he was involved, but we he needs to be more productive. I want to sure. see how Najee looks. He has to look good against this Raiders defense. That's a big step. For and him. this Raiders team is short week. They've got a couple injuries now. I think that the Steelers minus six is a lock, and I honestly think that the under 47 looks really, really good. Steelers offense is nothing great. The Steelers defense is maybe the best in the league. I don't really see the Derek Carr and the boys throwing the ball around and scoring a lot of points. So, big Tim stat over here. Wednesday, you said uh, Steelers' blitz percentage was? 3.3%. They blitzed one time against Josh Allen. Blitzed one time and gave him how many pressures? Uh, A lot. There were 24 24 quarterback pressures. They were incredible on those advanced metrics. So, my thing is, I know the Raiders aren't a great defense, but Max Crosby looked really good on Monday Night Football. How many of those QB hits, pressures, hurries, whatever you're going to call them, how many can he generate for the Raiders team? That's going to be a big factor in this game, but I don't think it matters. Steelers are going to roll in this one. I agree with you. Steelers minus 6.5 seems very, very nice. So that would be a very good pick in my eyes. Here's where I'm going to divert from the two of you. I think the key to this game is the Raiders' offense, right? They threw the ball all over the Ravens. The Steelers know that. They're going to make those adjustments to make sure that's not the case. How does the Raven, How does the Raiders get their offense flowing? If they can get their offense flowing, I think they can give the Steelers trouble. I think the Steelers' offense is going to be just fine. The line, like Tim said, the interior looked good. Max Crosby's going to deserve some extra attention. But that defense is a little bit banged up after that week one. It is a short week, but I do like the Raiders to make it a game. I think the Steelers win by three or four. I like the Raiders to cover, and I also like the under 47, like you said earlier, Tim. Yeah, under seems pretty good. I just think that the, the Raiders might have a little bit of a come down. You When you start so high with that high flying of an offense, it's Electric a Electric game as well. It's I a like natural your note on the, regression. I like your note on the short week, too. I, for, I completely forgot about that. It is a short week for the Raiders. Yeah, that, I think that's a big factor, too, going it, into Heinz Field. Oh, yeah, it's the first short week of the year. So you kind of when you don't really think about that, where some of these guys who haven't some rookies who haven't really played, it's big for a guy like Fryermuth and Najee Harris, where right. they're not where they're on a normal week, but Raiders rookies they don't really this right. is they don't have as much time to recover their bodies. Leatherwood, yeah, Leatherwood. Against, He's gonna get exposed yeah, this weekend against T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, and you Melvin go ahead Ingram. and give me any name you want on that Raiders offensive line. Probably going to have the worst week of their lives. Yeah. Well, we did test it last week before the game. You did not know a name on the Raiders offense. Well, I would have gotten Leatherwood, but to be <laughs> I, fair, I don't true. think any of us got it. That's so true. Okay. But let's keep it in the state of Pennsylvania. Let's move on to the next game here. 49ers-Eagles. Both teams also want to know after interesting first weeks for both the teams. The 49ers basically roll all over the Lions, but the Lions keep it close at the end. Eagles absolutely dominate the Falcons from the jump. We're on them all game. How do we like this one, Wes? So I think the Eagles have a come-to-earth moment. 49ers are way too good to be losing this game. Philadelphia has scored 21-plus in 11 straight games versus San Francisco. I think that stops. San Francisco's defense is going to lock down Jalen Hurts. I think that the Eagles offense meets their match. Niners roll. I'm going to disagree with you here. I think my, Ooh, my, boy, interesting. my boy Jalen Hurts is, I think, probably double the quarterback that Jared Goof is, and he torched that defense. Jared I don't, Goof well, did 
Well, it was late. Yeah, it was, it was garbage yeah, time. We gotta yeah. remember that. It's, but it's, Jared Goof did throw all over the 49ers late. And, and I, Jason Brett tore his ACL. Let's not forget that. That's true. That's starting corner who had God his pray ACL for him. all the yeah, time. Let's feel pray. so bad for him. Moment of silence. But, Moment okay, of silence over. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the Eagles can make this more I don't think the Eagles are gonna win or even cover, but I think that the Eagles are gonna be in it more than Wes is saying. I think that the over looks pretty good. I think they're gonna score a lot. I agree. It's going to be because they both play offenses that are predicated on running the football. And and big runs as well. Not short, gritty runs. Big time runs. And Jalen Hurts is dynamic. And if he's rolling like he was last week, it's going to be hard to see them not getting a lot of points. I think that the Eagles haven't seen a linebacking core the 49ers own in a little bit. I don't think Jalen Hurts is used to that. I think Fred Warner is going to have a huge game. I think Nick Bosa is going to have a huge game off the edge. I just think the 49ers front seven is way too good to get exposed in the run game like the Eagles will intend to do. That's why I say 49ers have to win big. I think the 49ers are basically going to dominate this game from the jump like they did with the Lions. I think they'll have hurt struggle early, but I do think the Eagles will settle in like the Lions did. I like the Niners by a touchdown. I think they cover minus three with ease. I agree with Tim. Like the over, I think it's going to be very eerily similar to the Lions-Niners game last week. I think Hurts will make a push late. It'll be too little too late, unfortunately, for Tim and uh, Max Meyer, or Jalen Hurts Shout stands. out Max Meyer. I like the Niners by seven, but I do think the Niners cover with ease. Minus three is a small spread for that game, in my opinion. Let's move on, right? Oh, yeah. Another big-time game, the Texans-Browns. I totally lied. That's not a big-time game. <laughs> I don't even think we have much to say here. The Texans did look pretty good in week one. The Browns also... I think looked really good in week one. Just ran into the Chiefs. I think the Browns roll in this game. I have the Browns by two touchdowns. Cover a 12.5 point spread, but I don't like the spread. It's too big for me to like it comfortably. So if I were 21 and I was able to gamble, I would use this silly thing called a teaser, and I would tease the Browns down to as low as I could get them, and I would take that spread at whatever it is because I think the Browns do win this game by two scores at least. My cool stat Cleveland is 5-0 and in games following a loss under head coach Kevin Stefanski. I think that stat will continue. I think the Browns are going to roll in this one. I don't think the Texans have much of an uh, offense to push back on that front seven. More more importantly, just that defensive line, the Browns' own. It's unbelievably off the, ed- um, unbelievable off the edge. Miles Garrett's going to have a big game. I think Baker bounces back big. Browns win. Tim, any quick thoughts? Yeah, I like the over in this game. I think that Texans... They can score the football. They just, Defensively, they really don't have much, even though they played a rookie quarterback last week. Baker's no rookie. OBJ's out, but Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to roll. Anthony Schwartz, well, let's not forget that. Yeah, they Anthony used him a lot week one. Yeah. I think OBJ is a bigger factor being out of this game than people are going to make it out to be. I think that's a big piece for Baker getting back into his groove. We haven't seen Baker use OBJ a lot. Last year, when he was healthy, it wasn't – that dynamic was not there. It was more like Jarvis or nothing. So I want to see what he looks like when OBJ is back healthy because that's going to be a big factor in the Browns' success this year. All right, let's flip it over to the team the Texans beat last week. The Jags making their Jacksonville debut against the Broncos. Trevor Lawrence's home debut, Urban Meyer's home debut. I think it's going to be spoiled. I think there's absolutely no chance that the Jags have in this game. The Broncos' defense is too good. The Jaguars struggled against a good Texans' defense. I got the Broncos by 13. I think they cover minus six with relative ease. And I do think the under hits in this game. I got Jacksonville losing. Uh, no no surprise there. Jacksonville's lost 16 straight. 
It's the longest act. It's the longest streak, longest active, obviously, but longest streak since Cleveland in 2016. I think Denver wins 31-21. Denver looked really good against the Giants. I think those numbers were a little skewed, but I still think Denver's offense is really good under Teddy B. We'll see how that offense plays out. I think Denver wins big, though. One thing we didn't really touch on, we reviewed this game uh, in the last episode. Von Miller was Von Miller again. Right, he two, was. Two sacks, forced fumble, looking like a monster out there again. Is Bradley Chubb healthy? Yes. Okay. I think those two are going to be a little too much for the Jags O-line. Sorry, Cam Robinson and, the, and Andrew Norwell and the boys. Not but great. Not going to look good for you boys or your quarterback who's probably going to be on his ass all season. So I, I think Broncos get a very healthy, healthy, healthy win here. I agree. All right, let's move on to the team that played in Jacksonville last week, but they are not a Jacksonville team. The New Orleans Saints traveled to Carolina for a divisional game. Both teams want to know. Both teams with relatively new offenses, I'd say. Not necessarily for the Panthers, but a new look with Donald Nutter Center. But the Saints certainly debuted uh, Jameis Winston's game. New well, eyeballs. Right? I mean, good Lord, the man has new eyeballs. He starts throwing all over the place. Jameis, five touchdowns, tight end Juwan Johnson with two of them. They roll over the Packers. I think it's going to be an interesting one this week. I'm a big-time Panthers guy. I love the Panthers. I support them. I think they're pretty good. I think the real question here is how does the Panthers' defense play? I definitely think McCaffrey's going to be McCaffrey this week. He's going to get what he's going to get. I think the Panthers will score the ball. The real question is how much they score. But Jameis threw for five touchdowns. They scored, what, 38 points against the Panthers or against the Packers? It's going to be a real interesting one to see. If the young Panthers defense can give Jameis a little bit of trouble, I really think the Panthers have a chance in this game. But that's yet to be seen. I think the Saints will squeak one out. I like them by seven points. I think they covered the three-and-a-half-point spread, although I would love to see the Panthers win. New Orleans has won four straight games versus Carolina. I'm going to be the one to say that that streak ends. I think Carolina is my interesting play of the week. I like Jeremy Chin a lot. He's my player of the week for the Panthers. He's got to make a big impact in that pass game. There's only a few players in that Saints offense that are dynamic players. And you can say, like, what, Callaway, Kamara. I don't know if there's many more after that. Deontay Harris, Jameis. I mean, that's Tony like, Jones Jr., Juwan Johnson. We can name their no-name the, offensive players That's what I'm saying. Day. So we haven't we, – they're not really – they haven't made themselves yet. I think the Panthers got to take advantage of that. I agree with Krob, as he said earlier. CMC is going to have a big game. As always, I think it's a huge game for the Panthers' offense to bounce back. They didn't look great against the Jets. I think they scored 19 points. That's not going to get it done against most teams, especially the Jets barely beating the Jets. Panthers need to get Robbie Anderson a little bit more involved in the passing I agree. Game. That I think offense that, has to get more in the air for this team to be winning. Panthers are going to yeah. win, I think, by I think a that slim margin. The, this is the real first prove-it game for Sam Darnold. I agree. Last week he plays the shitty-ass Jets. Who gives a fuck? They're terrible. We knew they were going to be terrible. We already we, They were who we thought they were. Right. And this is going up against Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis. Marshawn Lattimore, who's just been paid this past week. Yeah. Guys who are all pros. And this is going to be his first real test with Joe Brady and Matt Rule's offense. I think he's going to succeed, but I think he's definitely going to be a, a little bit under pressure a lot. I think that he's going to crack a little bit. I think he's going to play all right. I don't think he's going to play winning football, though. Give me the Saints pro- uh, by four. I think it's going to be closer than some think. But I still think that the Saints just have a better team. One more like note on this. Underdog. One, like it. one more note on this before we move on. I think Joe Brady's going to play a little bit more reserved of an offense than he normally does. I think 
seeing what happened to Aaron Rodgers in the pack last week. I think he's going to put the ball in McCaffrey's hands a lot and just let him go to work. I don't think he's going to put Sam Darnold in too much of a position to harm himself. I think they're going to play safe football, and I think that might be what costs them. However, with that, I think Robbie Anderson, as you said earlier, he needs to be more involved. One reception, I mean, I get it. granted it was a long touchdown, but one reception needs to be more for Robbie Anderson. He can't sit with that. DJ Moore needs to play great, too. I think this offense needs to be through the air to be effective, and I think Chris McCaffrey is still a big factor in that. He needs to have at least six, seven receptions to be uh, a key factor in this game. I agree. Let's move on to another game, one that I think we shouldn't have too much to talk about because I think we're all very high on one of these particular teams, the Rams and the Colts. Rams coming off a big win on Sunday Night Football against the Bears. Colts coming off a loss to the Seahawks. I think the Rams are going to roll in this game. I specifically have in my notes, Rams will do exactly what the Seahawks did, but better. Rams by 10. I think Rams cover the spread of four points. I have it as a lock. Lock it in. I, th- I don't think there's much to be said about this game. Indy was 5-0 in games following a loss in 2020. Matt Stafford is going to break that trend. Matt Stafford looked way too good in that Sean McVay offense week one. It was against the Bears, who everyone said would be a big test for Matt Stafford week one. He got it done. He looked great. Rams roll 10-plus. Rams easy cover. Am I, the, I guess I'm the only one who likes the Colts in this wow, game. Wow, I guess I was yeah. wrong. I don't think that, like, I think the Colts can definitely win this game. I, they have a great defense, and obviously the Bears also have a great defense, and people are seeing I think it's a trap game for the Rams. They play a oh, team. no it's doubt. totally a trap game. It is game. a trap I think, game. I think Carson Wentz is going to play better than people think, and honestly, I expect a lot more out of the Colts O-line. They kind of let Wentz get hit a little too much. Quentin Nelson's not going to let that happen again. I think that the run game is going to set up a, some big stuff downfield for Carson Wentz. And I think that the uh, Colts defense is going to get to Matt Stafford. I think DeForest Buckner is going to get to Matt Stafford. I think Darius Leonard is going to play really well. And I think that they just have a great defense, and Matt Eberflus is a great coordinator. I agree. I think the one key to this game is how they protect Wentz. The Seahawks got to Wentz all day. They made his life hell back there. The Rams have a better pass rush than the Seahawks. It's going to be real interesting. For the Colts to have a chance in this game, in my opinion, they need to play better on the line. If they do, they have a real shot. If not, I think the Rams roll. But let's move on. AFC East. This is probably going to be the game we're going to talk about the most. Bills-Dolphins. Bills coming off a tough loss to Tim Steelers. Dolphins coming off a narrow win to the Patriots in Foxborough Week 1. I'm just... Let's get this over with. Wes, what do you think about this game? Take it away, baby. Buffalo's won five straight. Hey, hey, here, how about this one? Buffalo's won five straight versus Miami, and they've scored 30-plus in each of those games. Okay? Moment of silence for the Dolphins' defense. Thank you. Miami's defense looked great week one. They are going to have an even bigger game this time. Have to get into Josh Allen's kitchen early. Have to do it. However, for Miami to have any chance in this game, they need a big offensive day. Gaskin's got to be involved. Waddle's got to be involved. Fuller has to get involved early. I like Miami's offense. I think it has a lot to prove. The RPO looked like it worked very well week one. Hopefully that continues. I had this game very tight throughout. I had Miami up seven going into the final drive. I think a turnover from Josh Allen. Miami scores late to ice it, slip out with a 14-point win. Before the show... I will break the fourth wall here a little bit. Wes said he thinks the Dolphins are going to sneak one this weekend and then proceeded to say they'd win by two touchdowns. That's not a sneak. This game, the Bills beat the shit out of the Dolphins both times last year. I don't think that's the case this year. 
It's going to be the battle of defenses. Josh Allen and the boys, they're going to right the ship this week. They looked bad offensively last week. I think they bounce back. It's going to be real interesting to see how Tua does this week against an arguably better defense. But at home, that's definitely going to play to his favor. But I trust Josh Allen at this point more than I trust Tua. I think Buffalo wins. I think they do not cover. I like Miami plus three and a half. If I was 21, of course. But I think the Bills squeak one out. I think, and that is squeaking one out is winning by a field goal, not two enough. touchdowns. I'm gonna say that the uh, the Bills are gonna fucking roll this game. I think the Bills are the Bills. They're gonna be who we thought they were last week. I think the Bills are playing a considerably worse defense. They're playing a considerably average offense. I wouldn't say considerably worse defense. The Dolphins st- and Steelers both ranked top five last year and returned most of their starters. Correct. Rank, but ranking top five is fine. But I think that the Steelers' defense, is, I think, is it's two different types of defense. Correct. I and agree. I, and I think that the steel the Steelers' defense is more complete. I think the Steelers' D line, secondary, and linebacking core is maybe the most complete unit in the NFL. Obviously, I'm a bit biased there, but I think I that agree. The, I think the front seven of the Steelers is much, much better than Miami, but I, I think the secondary in Miami is much, much better than Pittsburgh. Yeah, but that's the one thing that I think the Steelers made Josh Allen's life hell is they contained him very well. He was never allowed to scramble. I think that's something Miami could potentially struggle with. We're not sure. It's got to be left to be seen, but I think that's where the Bills could take advantage. We'll see if Zach Moss plays this week. Maybe they rely more on Devin Singletary. If they do, I could see a lot of checkdowns to Devin Singletary. The Dolphins' secondary is good. How did they contain Diggs? They couldn't last year. I think that's a matchup to watch. Obviously, Diggs, I don't know if Xavier will shadow him, what that deal will be. We'll see on Sunday. I'm really excited to watch this game. I do think this is two playoff teams squaring off. Like I said, I think Buffalo is going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think, I think Miami's going to make it a game. Wes Mankey will punch a hole through a t- television screen this weekend. But I do too. I love the over in this game. I think that both offenses get hot. I think that it's going to be... A high a shootout. I think that both defenses aren't going to be super effective. I think the big difference is going to be turnovers. Whoever wins the turnover margin is going to win this football game. I think the Bills are going to force Tua into some bad decisions, and I'm go rolling with the Bills by a touchdown. See, this is the thing that last uh, last week in the press conference they talked to Tua afterwards, and I remember JC JC Jackson's comments. He said Tua does what or Tua did what Tua does, which is throw picks. He threw one pick. And that one pick was because he had to sit in the pocket and he had to go through read, through read, through read. I think when Tua plays in the RPO offense that they played last week for the most part against New England where he did look good, when he's making quick reads, he's one of the best quick thinkers in the league, in my opinion. When he has to sit and think and proceed through reads and progress through routes, I think that's where he might slip up. I do have a little bit of fear with Trey White. I think he might take advantage of Tua a little bit in the inexperience. I see Trey White likely on Will Fuller, so that could be an issue. However, I think Devontae Parker is one of the best 50-50 balls, one of the best 50-50 ball catchers in the league. So if Tua can get Devontae Parker involved uh, late in the game, down by the goal line, that can be a big factor. What do you got, Krob? Uh, sorry, my, I, some breaking news we'll touch in a couple minutes. To, I, I want to say one thing about the best quick thinker comment i think it's really easy for any quarterback in the nfl to sit in the pocket and hit their first read repeatedly when it's open right Tim? yes but i well, my thing is is like it, if you basically just said if Tua can't sit in the pocket and go through reads you basically just said Tua isn't a pro quarterback 
No, that's what, what I'm that's saying. That's kind of what I got. Or not necessarily isn't a pro quarterback, but isn't a good pro quarterback, right? Correct. I'm, and saying, that's what I'm, I'm saying. saying his pitfall is when he has to sit in the pocket for a long period of time and think about which read he wants to hit. So when he, has to, when he has to be on his feet quick and just let the ball out, let it fly, that's when he's at his best. So what I'm, and I could be paraphrasing, what so, I'm getting from your statement is when Tua has to go to his second read, he's not good, which is what, I, what we heard about Justin Fields in college. Very now, true. Justin Fields has disproved that, I think, so far. But that's preseason football. Nobody cares. I don't know. I think Tua struggles when he has to go past his first read. But I'm not an NFL quarterback. I can't say that. It's going to be interesting. I would love Tua to prove me wrong this week. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he needs to be better. But we need to move on. Let's stay in the AFC East. But let's get to a game that we may spend 30 seconds talking about. The Pats versus the Jets. The Patriots are going to make Zach Wilson's life hell. The Patriots are going to win by two touchdowns. Pats minus five and a half is my certified lock it in 21 plus bet of the week. New England's won 10 straight versus the Jets. New England's defense was rated as the sixth best defense last week. Huge game from them. I expect to see a lot of Mac Jones. Hopefully deep deep balls, not the checkdowns he had against Miami. But I'm with you. New England wins 24-10. Certifies themselves as the not worst team in the AFC East. Oh, I think that this game is going to be an absolute shellacking. It's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be probably a 21-point dub for the Patriots. I think they just control the ball. They're going to run all over the Jets. The Jets' defense, nothing great. I love Rob Sala. I think he's a great guy. Bob Sala. I think he's the the coach for the Jets. I think he's going to build them something good. But this first year is going to be hell for them. And they basically said that. They said, yeah, it's going to suck this year for the offense, for the defense, for everyone. And... Give me the pass by 21. My key factor in this game is going to be how the New England secondary can bait Zach Wilson into bad throws because we saw Carolina's secondary kind of do that a little bit. He was out on the – he ran a lot of bootlegs, it seemed, in week one. Zach Wilson yeah, was, he was, he was out of, running for his yeah, life. he was out of the pocket. Yeah. He was out of the pocket a lot, and that's kind of where he started to make his errors. I think if New England can do that, that front seven looked great against Tua pushing him out of the pocket. I think if they can do the same thing to Zach Wilson, get him out of the pocket, get the ball over to J.C. Jackson – or McCourty, get one of those guys, they make plays on him, I think that's a downfall. I agree. Kind of with what Tim said, I think this year for the Jets is going to be struggle. Like you said, Wilson's running for his life. This O-line cannot protect him. He sat behind a great offensive line at BYU. He was real safe his entire career. He's going to have some adjustments to make. It's going to be growing pains. I, I believe in Zach Wilson. I think Mac Jones is just going to be surgical this weekend. He's going to prove why he's the starter there in New England. It's going to be a quick game. Last game of the 1 o'clock slate, and I'm disappointed that Bennett isn't here for this one. Bengals, Bears in Chicago. Andy Dalton's home debut for the Bears against his former team, the Bengals. I don't have much to say on this, but what I will say, Cincinnati is going to win this game outright. Cincinnati plus three. I love it. Cincinnati money line. If I was 21, I would throw the house on it. I completely agree with you. I don't know why the Bears are favored in this football game. The I Bears agree. got absolutely dicked down last week. So bad. The Bengals had a not a surprising win, but a the win defense, that a lot of people didn't expect, and they their defense was great, which no one the really defense, saw coming. That was the surprising part. And Joe Burrow looked great. I can't see, like, Matt Stafford, Joe Burrow, they're both just going to carve up this defense. I think Joe Mixon's going to get going, and I think that they're the Bengals are going to run away with this one. I think they can just control the clock, especially in an offense that really can't throw the ball. They got Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, like Cole Komet. Yeah, Cole Komet, who's 
a yeah, I hated talking about that. Prospect. I hated talking about that wide receiver core and Bennett defending Cole Komet. Come well, on. Well, let's. Here's what I think is the key. David Montgomery looked really good against the Rams, right? The Bengals' rushing defense made life hell for Dalvin Cook. I'd take Dalvin Cook over David Montgomery I seven days too. of the week. Same. It's gonna be real interesting to see. I think that's the key how the Bears running game and the Bengals run defense get against each other. But I do think the Bengals kind of control this game. I think they went out right by a touchdown, cover the spread, obviously as dogs. Wes, quick thoughts before so we move on. So my quick thought would be I want to compare the Bengals receiver core to the Rams receiver core because I think they are I agree. decently comparable. And it's a similar offense with Zach it Taylor is. coming Zach from Taylor, Sean McVay. McVay. Yeah, very similar. So like my thing is how much does Jamar Chase get to pick on that secondary like uh, a guy like Van Jefferson did, who no one expected to have any targets in that. Well, some people expect to have targets, but no one expected him to be a big factor in the game, and he came out firing. I think it was a 67-yard touchdown. It was a big one. Jamar Chase is like that deep threat for Joe Burrow. How does he – What like what's the logistics for the Bears? Like how are you going to protect against that this week when it's basically the same offense and you got torched by it for 34 points in one, on Sunday Night Football? I agree, and I'm really interested to see Tyler Boyd sort of in that Cooper Cup role that was very effective for the Rams last week. I think, like I said, the Bengals are going to roll. But it's time to move on to the 425 games. And the first one we're going to talk about is a special one. Bennett Snyder, our lovely founding father, the fourth member of this nice group, is out of the office today. And that is because he is in Nashville, Tennessee. Boots Boots on the 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 ground ground in Nashville for our boy Snidely. He is there with two of our dear friends from Ohio University. They will remain nameless. (laughs) Let's call Bennett, boys. Why don't we? Let's get his thoughts on this Tennessee Titans-Seattle Seahawks Week 2 game. This is going to be a great game. That's all I got to say. So before we get the call on Bennett here. I have already started dialing, so that's awkward. All right, perfect. Well, we'll wait till he picks up. Oh, boy, my phone is not working. This is not great. All right, Bennett, can you hear us? I can hear you. Perfect. There we go. All right, what is up, Bennett? How are we doing? How is Nashville? Listen, all right, so as promised, I went out, did some field reporting today, walked around Broadway, you know, was scouting out different bars, of course, not having any alcohol, 18, 19 years old. I went to Nissan Stadium to check on Taylor Luan. He was not there. I'm not sure he's going to be playing Sunday due to his mental health. But let me tell you this right now. The vibe in Nashville is electric. The Tennessee Titans are going to upset the Seattle Seahawks this week. Wow, that is interesting. It's going to happen. Sorry, I had to take a sip there. Got to keep the mouth wet. Yeah, you sound very out of breath. Also, 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 breaking news. Today is Nick Jonas's birthday. I will be at the concert. Apparently, they've got every single person that we could ever imagine coming to celebrate Nick Jonas's birthday. Just had a little bit of a debacle, you know, because, you know, as we say before, you know, get the vaccine, but you got your freedoms, as Donnie Trump says. Little did I know that this concert requires proof of vaccination, so I'm out here running my ass around trying to figure out how I can prove it because I left my vaccine card in Cincy. My parents aren't answering their phone. So, you know, I run on over, get a little rapid test. Hey, fire me up right there, eh? Fire us up. Come on, Bennett. COVID negative, baby. Oh, I beat the old COVID. There we go. He wants no part of me. Bennett, I would like to say, right before we called you, the boys did do a little bit of a preview on this Bengals-Bears game, and we are in absolute agreement. We all think the Bengals went outright, go to 2-0. How do you feel about that? 
listen, man, we all, I can't disagree with you guys. The Bengals are going to roll in this. I'm a little interested to see this quarterback situation with the Bears, okay? Because the one thing I could see possibly working for the advantage for the Bears is which QB do the Bengals prepare for? They Do they prepare more for Dalton or do they prepare more for Fields? My guess would be that they're preparing more for Fields because they already know so much about Andy Dalton. But I agree. The Bengals are going to roll in this one. I expect a big game from. Lock it in. Tyler Boyd has a big one. I also game. just said that. Tyler Boyd has a big game, especially after big games from Higgins and Jamar Chase. Boyd has his game here. Joe Mixon does his thing. The Bengals O-line looks great. Man, I am a little worried. Trey Waynes is out. Are the Bears going to find ways to put Allen Robinson over Eli Apple? Will the Bengals let that happen? If Darnell Mooney is across from Eli Apple, do they go straight to Mooney? I don't know. I'm intrigued. But I agree. The Bengals are going to roll in this one. If I was a gambling man, this Which would be my you are not. Week. Of course I'm not. We we do not commit, condemn gambling on this podcast. Absolutely not. Exactly. Well, Bennett, thank you for allowing us to call in and take some of your time today in a big day for you in Nashville. Boots on the ground. We appreciate it. Thank you again for checking in on Taylor Ron. Wes has one thing to say to you before we let you go. Wes, I'd love to hear it. Hey, uh, you said we don't condemn gambling we actually do condemn gambling we don't condone it yeah Side good note. catch there yeah. did you hear him can't have another slip up like last <laughs> episode i'm gonna be completely honest west i just said west or west sorry i'm gonna be completely honest there west my boots have just been on the ground too much today. i'm a little tired i've just been doing so much great reporting i've got a beautiful picture of me in front of the titan stadium nissan stadium great stadium i've been there electric atmosphere it's going to be going up on the gram but guys, you just finished out the podcast episode. Get it fucking rolling. Tim, how are we doing? We are living the dream right on the crest of the wave. Tim, can I get a what up, boys? I missed it today. <laughs> what up, boys? Electric. Okay, now I'm good to go. Boys, you have a great rest <laughs> of the podcast. Enjoy the rest of your Thank night, you, buddy. Bennett. We'll see you right. soon. Have a good one, buddy. All right, peace, boys. See ya. All right, well, that was a check-in with Bennett. He predicted before we got into the Bengals there, Titans upset. I disagree. The Titans' offensive line was abysmal last week. Abysmal. The Seahawks' pass rush was amazing against a very good Colts' offensive line. I could see the Titans winning this game, but I don't. I disagree. Hawks by seven. I think Seattle covers the 4.5-point spread pretty easily. Russell Wilson stays hot to start a season per usual. Line has moved to Seattle minus six. Wow. Might like Tennessee now, Tim. That's big time. Earlier today when I saw it, it was at four. That's big. Yeah, I like... Tennessee plus six. I think Derrick Henry is going to have a revival this game. I think that he's going to get going a little bit more. And I think that Ryan Tannehill is going to have a little bit more protection. I almost want to say that it's all, it was an anomaly last week, what Seattle's pass rush did. If you look at the people who were rushing the passer, none of them are big names. I don't know if they just had good days or if it was good play calling, but I don't know how well it's going to be replicated this week. I really think that Tannehill's going to have more time. And also, it's Taylor Luan's first game back after a torn ACL. That's true. How much can he trust it? How much was he? Obvious, obviously, he didn't have a great game. He got his ass kicked. He I'm, said also, I'm also not sure Taylor Luan's going to face a guy like Chandler, Chandler Jones again, so that's Max, fine. 80, Mr. 85. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and throw a little stat out there. Derrick Henry and Chris Carson both rank in the top five in rushing yards since 2018. I thought that was a pretty cool stat. I think both running backs need to get involved. I think Derrick Henry, more importantly, needs to get involved. However, I'm excited to see how the Julio A.J. Brown Week 2 
dynamic works out because we haven't really seen it work yet. Tannehill looked very bad in week one, but like we said, Chandler Jones was in the backfield basically every play. He's on pace for 85 sacks. We'll see how that holds up through week two. I think the Titans get one back, though. I think Taylor Lewan looks good. After week one, he needs to get that out of his head. He needs to gain his confidence back. Facing a lesser Seahawks defensive line, a lesser Seahawks front seven, hopefully Tannehill has more time in the pocket. But I'm going to be on the Seahawks in this one. I think it's a close game. I'll go Seahawks by three. Interesting. Let's move on to a 425 game that I think is a little less up in the air, and that has to deal with our Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be a murder, like a certified murder on the football field. I think the Buccaneers are going to win by a million points, as many points as you can put on a scoreboard. Tampa Bay 11.5, it's a huge spread. I still think it's a lock. Philadelphia ran circles around this Falcons defense last week. If you think Tom Brady and the boys can't do that, you're wrong. I don't. I'm afraid to see the box score on that one once it's all said and done. I feel bad for Matt Ryan. He's about to be on his ass all game. I think that Calvin Ridley might get one. Maybe. Maybe Pitts. Gets maybe one. Pitts gets one. Maybe Mike Davis. Like I think maybe a touchdown or two is the peak this offense is going to show. If see, yeah, like Eagles defense this year was a huge question mark. We know the Bucks defense. Huge question. We know the Bucks defense is great. I think Antoine Winfield's probably good for a pick. I think that JPP is going to go off. I think Shaq Barrett. You can't block both of them. Can't block Vita Vea either. You can't block Vita Vea. I think that it's going to be business as usual for Tom Brady. I think the Bucks roll. I feel bad for the Falcons, but I mean that's just how it is. Matt Ryan. I hope he gets out of there at some point. I agree. He, he deserves to another chance because he's still a good enough quarterback to win football games. Wes, my, what are we my key factor, so quick stat too, Tom Brady, 8-0 career record versus Atlanta, including the playoffs. It's going to go to 9-0. and It's not going to change much. My key factor, though, is going to be Devin White. I want to see how he looks with Kyle Pitts. Uh, that was the whole talk of the draft this past year is that Pitts is a wide receiver in a tight end's body. I want to see how Devin White, who is touted as one of the most elusive, not elusive, one of the best cover linebackers in the league some might see the best cover linebacker in the league i want to see how he looks when he gets to go against kyle pitts i just want to see what that what that line looks like uh i don't know how much the falcons are going to be able to move the ball at all against buccaneers defense i like the buccaneers big in this one uh this goes along with my other teaser that i said if you were 21 and over and you can move this line move it as much as you can in the buccaneers favor along with that browns line versus the texans Move it as much as you can. Get it as low as you can for the Buccaneers and jump all over it. The Buccaneers are going to win by a lot in this game. I think it's a three-score-plus win. I don't think it's close at all. Buccaneers by a lot. All right, let's move to another game that I think is going to not be much of a competition at 425, the Vikings against the Cardinals. If the Cardinals even look like a fraction of what they did last weekend, they're going to roll over the Vikings. The Vikings didn't look great against the Bengals. The Bengals kind of had their way, I would say, even though it was a close game. Bengals let the Vikings back in more than the Vikings started playing well. I think it was more of the Bengals getting into prevent defense and Kirk Cousins taking advantage. Cardinals minus three and a half is my lock of the week. I was about to say that. It is my best bet. I can't see them not winning this football game by more than three and a half points. If I lose this, you guys have my permission to fade me. I was going to say I also have it written. Cardinals three and a half is a triple lock. I wouldn't say it's my lock of the week because that's the Patriots. But I do think that this game is an absolute lock. 
The Cardinals offense looked so good against a suspect Titans defense. The Vikings defense, I would argue, is worse than the Titans defense. If the Cardinals defense looks like a shell of themselves from week one, they will run circles around this offense. The Titans offense is, I will take it 10 out of 10 days over the Vikings offense. I think the Cardinals are going to roll in this game. I have them by 17. So the theme of this week has been kind of seeing your old team. Eight-time Pro Bowler Patrick Peterson gets to face the Cardinals for the first time since he's now with the Vikings. I don't think it's going to change a lot. However, I do think Dalvin Cook's going to be more involved than he was week one. I think he's going to have a little bit of a bounce-back game. He needs to be more involved for the Vikings to have any chance in this game at all. Justin Jefferson's got to have a big game. He seemed like he was locked down week one. Can't have it. Cardinals are going to roll, though. Chandler Jones is going to have another big game. I don't know if he's going to have five sacks. But I'll say he maybe gets one. I think Buda Baker's going to have a huge game, though. I'm going to say Buda Baker gets a pick. That's my player prop, if you were able to. If any of those player props on Buda Baker over interceptions, I like it in this game. I don't know why. I just think Kurt's going to throw a ball up. Buda's going to get underneath like a center fielder. Obviously, if you're Take 21, it. of course. Obviously. Exactly. But I agree with you guys. Cardinals are going to roll in this game. It shouldn't be much of a contest. All right. Let's move to the last 425 game. It's one that I don't want to talk about at all. It makes me sad to even think about. The Cowboys versus the Chargers. In the past 48 hours, I have gotten really sad about the Cowboys this season. DeMarcus Lawrence broke his foot. Owie. Deservedly so. I've, oh, that's just uncalled for. Uh, dude, that is uncalled That is uncalled That was a dick move. I'm kidding. I would like to say, as a podcast and as a group of men, we wish DeMarcus Lawrence a speedy recovery. We do. As we do with everyone else who got hurt. The Jerry Tease and peas to Marcus. Tease and peas to everyone who had a week one injury. We hope you get better. We'd love to see you back on the field as soon as possible. I'm so sad. I Like... The Cowboys looked really good on Thursday Night Football to me. I was really excited about them. The Chargers looked also pretty damn good on Sunday I, against I, the Washington football I, team. I honestly don't think they looked that good. I, I don't think they, they did lo- either. I thought they looked okay. I thought that they settled a lot for field goals and stuff. I do think, though, that this is going to be a close— I think this game's going to be close. I actually like the Cowboys in this game. I also think game. it'll be close. D- Dak is too good to not keep the game close. And I think that's how it's going to be the story of the season is Dak and Amari Cooper— are going to be too good. Zach Martin's coming back. That's a big factor. That those three though are the pillars of the offense, and they're too good to not keep games close. And the Cowboys defense obviously wasn't great. They gave up thirty one points. Thirty one points. That's a lot of points. It's a lot. But Micah Parsons looked really good. Obviously, no Lawrence is a huge factor, but I think that Randy Gregory could step up a little bit. And honestly, the Chargers didn't show me a lot last week that made me think, wow, they're great. Now, if Eckler gets more involved, I'm not sure how I feel about that, especially if he gets more involved in the passing game. So that's where I'm at with this game. I My do... one thing I would say, though, is I want to see how that Chargers defense can pick apart Dak if they can at all. Because I'll tell you what, Dak looked very good against that Buccaneers yeah, defense. Yeah, he did. Who we said going into that game was the best defense in the league in our eyes. I agree. I think Dak is going to have a agree. huge game. I think Dak's going to look really good this game. I think Amari Cooper is your sleeper of the week at Fantasy. I think he's due for a gigantic game. Can he be a sleeper as a wide receiver one? Yeah, I think he he might be wide receiver one overall. But the fact is is no one's considering him. Like going into week one, who was considering Amari Cooper to be anywhere near like a top five wide receiver after week one? I don't want want to be that guy. I mean, yeah, but but like the thing is, but the thing is no one, no one has Tyree or no one has 
Amari Cooper ever in the like in their minds when you're thinking of like that number one guy. I think he proved why like he's still a top five wide receiver, top five route runner at least in my mind. He's in the, the best route runner. Uh, Keenan, Ke- maybe Keenan Allen, Ridley, right, right maybe across Calvin the. Ridley. But it, it doesn't matter. I think the Chargers need to have a huge offensive game. I don't know if they're going to. I thought they struggled. Then again, it was against Washington, but I thought they struggled. Herbert looked good, but he didn't look great. And I think a lot of us expected him to look great. I think it's going to be a big game from Keenan Allen this week. I, I, do. I think it I, has to be. I think you're going to get a big game from Eckler as well. Big bounce back. He wasn't targeted at all last week. I think the Cowboys front seven is going to struggle with their entries. I think you'll get a lot of dump downs to Eckler, and he's so, going to make the most out of it. I think the thing I'm looking forward to most in this game is how does the Cowboys linebackers look against the Chargers? Because that's going to be a big factor of how Eckler's success is going to be, is what those linebackers can do. I think that Micah Parsons played great week one. I think he's only going to get better as the season goes on. I think he's probably going to be an all-pro by the end of his career a couple couple times. Uh, I think it was a great pick, steal a draft in my eyes. I think the Cowboys stay in this game. I'm going to say the Cowboys win. It'll be interesting. I have the Chargers by a field goal. The spread currently, I believe, is two and a half. Three and, and a half. Favorite. Three and a half now? Yep. Okay, then I like the Cowboys to cover. I think it's going to be close. I'd love to see the Cowboys win this game outright. I think they can, but I'm a negative Cowboys fan. Chargers have won four of the last five games, games against Dallas. I think that changes. I think Dallas gets one. All right, well, we got two games left. Sunday night football, Monday night football. I don't think there's much to be said about either of these games from us. Sunday night football, Chiefs-Ravens, personally... I have one thing to say. The Chiefs are going to roll. Chiefs by 10. They lo- I have them covering, obviously, the line. I had it at 3.5 the last time I checked. Still at 3.5. I that believe, yeah, okay. Yep, that's a lock in my mind. The Ravens' defense looks so bad against the Raiders. The Chiefs' offense is 10 times better than the Raiders' offense. I think they roll. Tyreek Hill, fuck it, he's down there somewhere. Mahomes is going to absolutely roll in this game. Might as well call him Mr. September. He's he 11 is. and 0 in September. 35 passing touchdowns, zero interceptions in his Never career. Lost. All I'm saying is Patrick Mahomes is going to have a great week. I think Tyreek Hill is going to have a great week. Travis Kelsey is going to have a great week. The Ravens' defense got exposed by the Raiders. It did. Take that as you may. The Chiefs' offense is easily top two in the league. I'd say. I'd say top one. I would I say, say the who, best. Who the hell is yeah. better than the Chiefs? I, I would say the best. I think the Chiefs are going to have a huge game. They have to. I think they're going to have a huge game. They need to prove it. My only thing is, I don't know, because the Chiefs are always bad against the spread. And it's always like Mahomes just flips the switch and says, okay, I want to win the game it's now. It's too small Let me go. the spread this week. I'm we'll actually like, – I think the Ravens can give the Chiefs a game. The Ravens, historically, when they play the Chiefs, have played close with Lamar versus Mahomes. I think Lamar is going to play a lot better against this defense than he did last week. And I think that – Honestly, Lamar has a lot of qualities that are going to be fixed from last week in terms of the fumbling. He's not going to fumble the ball this week. He's just not. I think he's going to take care of the ball a lot better. I think that he's going to be more— He needs to take care of the ball. And I think Tyson Williams is going to be a lot more involved in this game after they saw that he was kind of the big boomer guy. He's going to get more of those first down carries, I think. I'm not sure about that. The O.C., the, the team in general, the coaching staff, has been very adamant that they are not using one running back. Devonta Freeman was promoted to the active roster. Trenton Cannon was cut. I think that's going to be a rotating door there between Freeman, Tyson Williams, and Latavius Murray. 
I'm not too sure one guy I would obviously love Tyson Williams if he could carve himself out as the lead guy. It'll be interesting. I just don't know what Greg Roman wants in that offense because nobody ever knows what he wants in that offense. It seems like he's always changing his game script as the game goes on. Like I agree. It seems like early in the game they're always trying to that. run the ball, pound the rock, pound the rock. Late in games, they seem to want to throw, throw, throw. I, the, and the, I the feel key, like that almost lost in the game against the Raiders, which the, it ended up losing the game. The key in this game is the Ravens have to stay close early so they can continue to run the ball. If they get behind, they have to throw the ball around. It becomes an issue. And honestly, it's prime time. It's it's not prime time, but it's prime time. No, it, it is. is prime yeah, time. Oh, it's prime time. time. I thought, okay, yes. Yeah. Sunday night football. Sunday night football. Prime yeah. time Lamar is never great. He he does struggle in big games, as we saw last week and in the, his, historically in his playoff career. Yep, besides that Browns game. Yeah, I honestly think that he... I mean, if he has to go take a shit, then we might see a great game hey, from him. Jalen Hurts has more 300-yard passing games and five career starts with two than Lamar Jackson does in his entire career, which he has one. That's fair. I mean, also, Lamar has an MVP trophy, so... That's true. Fair. I think the key to this game is the Ravens' defensive play calling. If they run man against the Chiefs like they did against the Ravens. Holy shit, are they going to get run They're out of the trouble. building. They're but in completely trouble. agree. Over is going to hit this game. It's 54 and a half. I'm I agree a fan with that of statement over. as well. That's a big over, and I still think it hits by a Same. lot. Speaking, Both defenses are not very good. Speaking of overs, another game where I do think the over will hit. Monday Night Football, our last game of the week. The Green Bay Packers, who are coming off an embarrassing week one loss against Motor City Dan Campbell and the Lions. In Detroit, Ford Field. I think Green Bay writes the ship this week, boys. Go, Pat, go. I think the Lions are going to kind of do what they did against the Niners, and they'll kind of come back late. Jared Goof will get a lot of passing yards in garbage time. But I think this game will be eerily similar to week one when the Niners did it. I think they'll roll early. The Packers will get a nice big lead and then kind of sit back, not really care what the Lions do in the second half. I do like the Packers, though, to at least keep it a little bit of a wider margin. I have them by 13. The spread is 11.5. I am not a fan either way. I think that's such a weird spread. Such if you're 21 number. plus, please listen to me. Don't bet on this game. I don't like it either way. I think it's a trap. Just don't even look at it. But I do think the Packers write the ship. Aaron Rodgers, 8 no career record at home on Monday Night Football. That's a big stat. He's a primetime guy. With the spread as it is, this is my third game that I say, if you're in that little teaser I had, throw the Packers in that teaser, get him as low as you can. If you take it from seven-point teaser, so you have 11 points, seven-point tease it down to four. I think the Packers win by at least touchdown. I think that's a good spread. I don't like it where it's at right now, but I do think the Lions are going to come back late in the game. I think they're having a late, another late push like they did against the 49ers, but I think Rodgers needs a big game. People are getting a lot of questions from that offense. Devontae Adams did not look great week one. Rodgers has to have a big game. Aaron Jones needs to have a big game. I see the Pack doing it. Yeah, I'm all over the Packers this game. Lions, love you guys, but love Dan Campbell, love what he's about. We love you, Dan. But I honestly just can't see how they win this football game. Their defense is just so bad. I think this is a the perfect game for if you were going to lose last week like you did for the Packers it's, it's great that you had this game next because it's a get right game oh yeah they're gonna roll it really is whatever Aaron Rodgers over on passing touchdowns is it's gonna hit because he doesn't throw two picks and then come back the next game without come with a vengeance and also he just historically just torches the Lions so plus we gotta look at too bye bye Detroit bye the bye. spread from or not the spread but the change from 
Saints defense to Lions defense is very, very Huge big. drop off. And the fact that I also think Rodgers got no prep time. The whole contract dispute this year and all the pressure he had on himself going into the week, going into this year, kind of all combusted into one game. And I didn't like the Packers a lot last week. I was scared to give them a chance because I thought that there was too much pressure. It showed up being too way too much pressure. Jameis Winston looked insane. I think the Lions need to have a big game containing him. I don't think they do. Packers roll big. All right. That does it for week two of the NFL. I think we had a Lots of great conversation today. I think we really got our thoughts out. I think the Dolphins are going to lose. Who said whoa, that? whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, what? 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 Great yeah. day, boys. We got to talk to our boy Bennett. Boots on the ground in Nashville. We hope he has a great time at the Jonas Brothers concert. Shout out Bennett Snyder. Happy birthday, Nick Jonas. Happy birthday, Nick Jonas. Big Happy birthday, time. Happy Olivia birthday. Snyder. Uh, once again, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Max's Meals and More, obviously great charity by Max Meyer, bench press athlete, friend of the show. Go to the Facebook. Check him out on Facebook, can donate directly on Facebook. It is a great charity for a great cause. I think you guys should all check it out once again. Thanks, Max. What a great week, boys. Love you guys. Let's have a great weekend. This was episode four of the Bench Press Podcast. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. Love you guys. See you later. Bye.